This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Check out their products in your local grocery store or online at mrb.com. Well, the saying goes, look good, feel good. And for nearly 50 years, the Paranzinos have been helping men all over the world do just that. And our guest today is Tony Paranzino, also known as Tony the Tailor. Tony owns and operates one of the very best menswear stores in all of West Virginia, and he's got clients all over the world. His family opened up shop back in the 70s, and since then, the Paranzinos have become a household name when it comes to men's fashion. And Tony has built a reputation as one of the best in the business. He's created tailored jackets for people like Marshall basketball coach Dan D'Antoni, Marshall football coach Charles Huff, and current Marshall president Brad Smith. He even custom-designed WVU shoes that Bob Huggins sported on national television. And yeah, as you can guess, Tony sold several pairs of those shoes after people saw Huggy Bear wearing them. And hey guys, just another quick note and heads up before we start the episode is that in this podcast, we do use strong language when talking about the past, present, and future of the region. Maybe this is not the episode that you forward to your 86-year-old grandmother who's a nun. Maybe this is the one that you think of could be happening inside of your favorite West Virginia bar. But look, when we have a guest on the platform, we certainly don't want to censor anybody. We want unfiltered, raw opinions, and that's exactly what this episode is. I think it's a phenomenal episode with a West Virginia business leader, passionate, funny, entertainer, Tony the Taylor. So please sit back, relax, enjoy this episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. Mace, hit the music. does not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. Cooper, back. Good morning. How's it going? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All is good. Good morning, gentlemen. Good deal. And we've got a great guest with us today, Tony Paranzino, otherwise known as Tony the Tailor. Tony? I think I'd have dressed up for this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, You're looking I got shit I got to do. It doesn't make you the suit. <laughs> is that, but the question is, uh, the hoodie that you're wearing, is that like uh, Italian yes. silk? Uh, no. That... Th- well, this is Johnny O. <laughs> good um, good quality. We sell a ton of these things in about every color, and we still have them online on sale. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wait a second. From the jump, from the jump, I'm just realizing Tony the Taylor, what like a perfect marketing name. Did you early on were you just like, man, that just sounds like silky smooth. I gotta run with that. Like is well, that kind of how it just I, happened? I'll tell, tell you how I came up with it. So my, my father started the first incarnation of the store um as Paranzinos, our, our last name, back in 1974. Uh, as clothing by Paranzino and then it's morphed into Paranzinos. Um, as it went on, da, 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 we go forward. And my dad always was iffy on the name because when people would call, you know, you'd answer the phone, Paranzino's. He goes, it sounds like a fucking pizza joint. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? so that, always, that always stuck in my mind. 
And um, so when I closed his store and, and morphed into what I am now, um, I wanted to change the name. And um, I, this Tony, Tony the tailor had a, a ring to it and, you know, marketing. I'm a decent marketer. Um, and it just kind of had a ring to it. And I just kind of ran with it. Uh, and it has stuck and it has uh, become kind of uh, amusing on some fronts, if you ask some of my friends. And uh, and then I had some, um, God rest his soul, Rudy to trap. And I love that man. Mm-hmm. He was just like, a, you know, another father to me growing up. And uh, so I get a voicemail from Rudy and Rudy, he didn't give a fuck either. He goes, Dirty the debtor. This is Rudy the lawyer. Give me a call. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so that's just how Tony the Tater came about. Really, just uh, I didn't want to have it sound like a pizza joint. Yeah, yeah. Even though I love pizza joints, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I'm not opposed to. And I used to work at Graziano's. It was one of my first paying jobs. Not too far away. (laughs) So you're you're a Charleston guy. I had to go to work too. One of my dad would never pay me. Yeah, <laughs> of course. You know the lights came on at home, and I had food, so that was good enough. For right, that's all family businesses are run. So you've been right. you've been a, a Charleston guy through and through, right? So you born and raised in Charleston, I or born and raised in East End, uh, still live in East End. Yeah. Okay. And and so Paranzino's, the original Paranzino's, opened back in 1974. You said so. You're coming up on the 50th year that the shop yeah. has been, has it always been in that same spot right at the corner of Hale street? Oh today? no, no, we, yeah. we've moved. My, my dad started on summer street. Yeah. Um, over right near the Capitol theater. And it was just a tailor shop pretty much. And we did alterations for, um, a lot of stores back then. Charleston was really a booming area. Canal County was just huge. I mean, yeah. big. just three right. times the size. And it was the chemical industry, which they ran out of town on the rail. Then they wonder what the fuck happened. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, that's what happened. Uh, you know, to all the jobs, but um, it was a different world back then. And there was tons of men's stores. It's been, we did the tailoring for a lot of them. Then we also still did custom tailoring in the shop gotcha. uh, ourselves. And, uh, but I was nine years old and uh, of course in Talley families, you, you go to work, because you need extra hands. And so I'd work uh, in the morning and then, or, or in the afternoon after work, it just depends um, what was going on because I decided to go to school with Piedmont. Piedmont Pioneer, first class to go through. Uh, so we started first grade. We were experimental kids, which explains a lot. Right, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> I mean, they eventually put up walls in Piedmont because we fucked it all up. We are experimenting. Uh, but it was the 70s. And, uh, but um, then I got to, you know, then I, you know, ride my bike to, to work. Uh, mm-hmm. school or, or it is you know, various as I got older it became more responsible um, and then I worked like I said I worked for Graziano's because my dad wouldn't pay me so they had a restaurant on Courier Street and I would work in the back I was 14 they'd stick me in the back because I just couldn't work at 14 <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so I'd make well, pizza yeah. dough and all the sauces and everything and do whatever clean up and then uh, then I got a paper route and that that is literally the best education business wise I ever had. And it's a shame that kids can't have paper routes now. I don't know why. Uh, because parents are pussies. Uh, and that's why we have a pussy nation. Uh, you know, nobody can do shit um, without somebody hovering over them. Um, I learned how to, um, you know, take care of customers, make sure the product was good, good delivery, inventory, sure, control, yeah. manage my finances, um, 
you know, bad debt collection, uh, good debt. I mean, it's everything. You learn, I learned that. Compass, yeah. I was, of course, I was up to about, until I was uh, about 15 from uh, uh, the age of like 11 to 15. I was a paper boy, East End. You learn your neighborhood as well. Around. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you figure out how to get around and, town. Like. Yeah. Right. And it was, it was, it was, it was fascinating. I, I still use some of those principles today. And you talk to most entrepreneurs of my age, all of them were paper boys. Yeah. I, I mean, same way. I mean, I, mine was a little bit different. Maybe the, because like you said, we don't have paper boys anymore. I cut grass growing up. So it was kind of in West Virginia. If you're like, you know, 14, 15 year old boy cutting grass is like, okay, how can I make some money? I, I literally credit that back to all of my entrepreneurial stuff. I mean, how to talk to people, how to stand up for yourself, how to negotiate mm-hmm. prices, how to manage all those things. Right. Like maintenance on your lawnmower, right. for gas, how to yeah. figure your margin out. hundred percent. 100%. Now, would trust, I mean, like, it's funny because when I, CJ and I, I'm 27, CJ, you're 27, aren't you? Well, Cooper, um, we're the same age. We graduated the same you year. You might be younger. How are you forgetting <laughs> how old I am? You're, I don't keep track of your birthday. Cooper, know. we're like um, three weeks apart. Not even that, two weeks. Right. Hey, man, I'm a busy guy. Um, but, like, wow. no, we look back at we look back at Charleston and like the pictures and the videos from like, it looks like, I mean, like a bustling downtown atmosphere. Like, and it's like, it's hard to even like for us to even imagine like Capitol Street and all that, like hustling, bustling, like a real like city downtown. Like, do do you find a lot of generation folks, like, do we, I mean, the mall came in and it just, it blew all that apart or like what, or Southridge? Yeah, pretty much. It sucked it. It sucked it all in. Southridge wasn't even a thought back then. So now I graduated high school in 1983. Okay, Charleston was still pretty boom, but we were in a bad recession. The coal business was just starting to rebound. Um, it was uh, 1978. Uh, it, it collapsed here. The coal business, okay, mm-hmm. okay. chemical business is still good, um, and that hurt. You know, again, things still driven by coal to a point, um, but a lot of stores had uh, the, the malls planned. Urban renewal, they tore all that. Interstates coming through. So everything was kind of coming together as Charleston was a growing city. Mm-hmm. I mean, the population inside just the city limits of Charleston was like 98,000 people. Wow. Okay. Today it's 47,000. Yeah. Okay. That's just within the city limits. Right. And so, you know, and I get, oh, Charleston, it's just down to 47,000. It's not, it has a daytime population even today of 110,000 people during the day. Yeah. So, you know, you got to go by metropolitan areas. Sure. And, uh, you know, it, it just, uh, just the way it is um but um so this was it was exciting and then but it was happening you know again charleston's not a unique city until this has happened elsewhere now other cities give you a local huntington for example uh the mall really crushed their downtown because it wasn't downtown mm-hmm. it was moved out and then bar resort to the suburbs which was happening in a lot of cities and a lot of cities downtown uh, suffer from that no matter what size small cities larger cities it just, it's just what happened. We had it downtown. Now mm-hmm. we never went to the mall. We were entertained to go to the mall because Four City was giving deals out to the local merchants. Um, <clears throat> one of our competitors, Schwabi May, was a very, very fine men's store. Um, they went to the mall because they were, went to the mall rent free. And people say, he's crazy to go to the mall. Well, they bought his building, which we eventually occupied. They <laughs> gave him at the time like a quarter million dollars, which is at, in today's dollars would be like, Two million dollars, wow. right? Yeah, um, right, and free rent for fifteen years. <laughs> well, hell, so, I'd, no, I'd go to you yeah. pick up and go. You pick yeah. up and you go, <laughs> and you know, and, and so, and it was it, it was just the sign of the times. Well, and as times change and technology changes, 
Um, and then the shopping in terms of like Southridge type centers happened. Uh, and again, Charles is not unique to that. So the shopping patterns change. The internet comes into play. Um, now, back up, we've been on the internet. Tony the Taylor or Heron Zenos has been on the internet uh, since 1997. Oh my so, gosh. So you were really, you saw that quickly. Is Like I have to be on here. You saw that early on. Yeah. Oh yeah, you had to. Well, and I have a computer background because uh -oh. that's a whole nother show. You used to be a hacker for Tony does a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, um, so, but we will remain to stay downtown because, again, history shows men's stores, men don't go to shopping malls. Men like downtown, they like service. Interesting. They don't, you know. So, my dad, my dad was a, a brilliant and grew up in a brilliant era. He, you know, he was from the madman era, literally. Mm -hmm. yep. And um, so, that um, thinking and the, just was instilled in me and meeting the people who um, work in the industry of that. So I have that kind of background of saying, all right, we're, we're just hanging it out. And so we moved again to the Courier Street. Then we eventually moved to the Schwabi Maze building, which was the last one, which I ended up buying that building. And then I sold it uh, after my parents' death. And again, men's clothing keeps changing. You gotta keep it evolving yeah. and keep changing. And we had a huge men's store, it was like 10,000 square feet. It was, it was Wow. three times the size of what we have now and we did but those were dinosaur stores cooper breaking news mr b was named the best west virginia made food product i know you big potato chip guy so this was like uh this this certainly was something that you were paying attention to does not surprise me one bit. Mr. B chips is the only chip that I actually consume. So it's a delicious chip and I <laughs> oh, will- Oh, no way. I, I was no, There's no way that that's the only potato chip that it you- It is. I'm a loyal <laughs> fan of Mr. B because of the incredible entrepreneurship, philanthropy efforts from Marianne Kettleson, the CEO of Mr. B chips. And it's a, look, she makes an incredible chip. Why not make it exclusive to my diet to have uh, Mr. B chips? You know what though? I can picture you sitting down at a restaurant and like the sandwich comes out and then they're like, do you like chips or fries? And you're like, pass, I've got my own. And then you just bust open potato chips and just use that instead. But it is pretty incredible. They've got all these different flavors, original sour cream and onion, barbecue, honey barbecue, dip style, cheddar sour cream, jalapeno, salt and vinegar. They even get the potato stick style, like the thin little potato chip styles do you have like a favorite that you go to i would say barbecue honey barbecue but uh what what about you do you have a favorite barbecue is a staple definitely but you can't really miss with the original if you're at a barbecue if you're at a cookout if you're playing golf i will throw those in my bag uh they're guaranteed to be people's uh, favorite little chip little uh snack that they have so i'm more of a classics i like to play the classics barbecue and original yeah, I, I like I, I really cannot just get into like the all the other little flavors like I, I don't know like jalapeno man I, I don't know I'm, I'm still working my taste buds but Mr. B definitely a great product so I you know we'll it, I'll be willing to give it a try I guess. MrB.com, Marion Kettleson. She's an incredible lady. They make the Mountaineer Media Podcast possible. Thank you to them. Support them. They're a West Virginia company. And go to MrB.com and show your love to them as well. 
I, I think of like now, like I used to wear, like I'm a financial advisor. So like three or four years ago, I was wearing suit and tie every single day, going to meetings, going to that. With COVID changing, I feel like it kind of permanently shifted me probably onto like, yeah, I'll put on a suit, but maybe it's not, it's not five days a week, certainly. Uh, maybe that's just because we're, yeah. we're still dealing <laughs> and, with and, it. And the trend, the trend hadn't been, but um, I've seen the death of the suit now about five times in my career. <laughs> right okay. like everyone's saying yeah like it's gone yeah. yeah story's over we just had the biggest suit year ever in 47 years wow okay? interesting right because people buy suits because you know what if you're sitting around in sweatpants all day yeah. you, you can't wait to put a suit on because yeah. you, know what? Yeah. you feel totally different in a suit you're going to conquer true. the world in a suit and there you are you have a whole different attitude uh suits uh, or even just dressing up period again it has shifted people wearing suits without ties mm -hmm. right the ties are Sometimes you have to wear a tie, but you know, I hate to wear fuck. I hate fucking ties. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, women invented ties. That's why they can still <laughs> choke your fucking. <laughs> you still look good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's more of the pocket square. Yeah, Cooper I, I like and I have the, had this right. discussion about the pocket square is the new tie. <laughs> pocket square, cool shirts. Yeah, um, you know, so that's you know, again, shoes. Shoes are always important, no matter what you're wearing. Um, but um, we've just had the biggest suit year ever. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. The what were the that other want to dress up. what were the other now, death of the suit moments? What were those? Oh, let's see. We had uh, I mean when I was young, because it's always been the casual the casualization of the workplace. For it's sure. been going on for years. In the or when I was a kid, I remember that I, you know, because we started you see a shift and start selling sport coats more than mm -hmm. suits. Mm -hmm. And then it shifted, uh, you know. <clears throat> Uh, when Ronald Reagan came back into office, suits took off again because he dressed way better hmm. and obviously was better at economics than Jimmy Carter was. Um, so we had this big boom again, Wall Street boom, everybody, uh, the movie Wall Street. And again, media has a big thing to do. For sure. Um, and then, of course, Clinton comes in. Well, the casual years, and you know, nobody's going to wear a fucking, everybody's going to wear a golf shirt and business casual. Well, you know, let me tell you something. There's a pecking order. And in an office, the owner does not want to look like the mailboy. And if you're all wearing fucking dockers, they, people get confused with who the boss is. Boss's egos don't like that shit. All right, you know? yeah. So they'll wear khakis, but you know what? They're $400 khakis. Yeah. <laughs> you're right, it's all a right. nicer golf shirt. Yeah, right. It's just, you know, everybody's, there's always a pecking order. Um, so then, of course, I went to shit with Mad Men. Mad Men, another fucking driving yeah. suits. You know, still driving some of them. Um, then, you know, oh my God, it's over. Nobody ever, there's never anybody ever going to go downtown to an office building ever again in their life. That's after the pandemic. All right. You know what? And before this Omicron shit happened, everybody's fucking going back to work. Cause you know what? Yeah. Your family does not want you home. Your <laughs> kids hate you. Your wife hates you. Get the <laughs> fuck out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's probably good. I mean, it is good. It's good to get out, get around. But I think we're so, we want to just declare, I think humans, we love just declaring like eras of things. Like we love like, even if it's fake and, or like artificial, we love like determining this old, now this is going to be this way. And it's like, Ultimate I think culture life. ends up playing out. It's going to be what it's going to be. Instead of trying to like, Nothing ever yeah. changes. I mean, it all stays the same, just that this looks a little different. I mean, I laugh. You talk about when I grew up in the East End. There's an East End Facebook page, right? Mm -hmm. And people complain about, and I'm probably the oldest person living in the East End who has lived in the East End in, in terms of longevity, okay, and not on that page. There might be older people, but I probably lived there longer than they, in, in the actual neighborhood than they have. Grew up there, the whole thing. And, uh, oh, my God, somebody stole my force 
porch furniture. Like, motherfucker, they've been doing that since 76. <laughs> Nothing's new. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, there's street people walking around. No. Oh, my God, a camel just walked down the street, which has happened before. <laughs> oh, blue, just a camel walking down. It's the East End. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, it is. It is what it is. Nothing's changed. Faces have changed. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Still let, crazy. Let me ask you, how has fashion changed, men's fashion changed over or what, 50 or years? What's timeless? Yeah, what, what is timeless almost? Like what, maybe, maybe both questions. What is timeless and what also has changed? Because <laughs> I like, I mean, I'm, I love suits. Suits are timeless. Yeah. Suits are timeless. Yeah. Has you anything, have to dress up. Has, has anything else really altered? I mean, because I feel like if you look back 50 years, men are still wearing suits and ties. Maybe not the pocket square, but I mean, the, right. the, the look has kind of stayed the same. It, it, yeah, and it changes in terms of modeling. Like, you know, right now we're in this fucking sausage casing shit, you know, which, looks, which is terrible. It's awful. It really is. Which is a throwback to the early 60s. Yeah. Back same suits, same models. Nothing's changed. It just goes in a circle. Now, we're starting to see some 70s. You know, again, as movies come out, the 1970s are big now. I mean, we see it with the Silk Sonic album, you know. I mean, my fucking um, parents went to the fucking disco listening to that shit. You yeah. Know? I mean, right. I love Silk Sonic. But, you know, the 70s, I mean, pussy hair's coming back, you know. It's, it's the, everything. I mean, it, <laughs> it's, yeah. it is. Which is <laughs> great. But, you, know, you know, it got a little decoration. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm a, I am a fan of um, Mad Men. I mean, Mad Men, I could see where, like, I want to look like Don Draper. Hell yeah. I mean, like, you know, like Mad, right. the Mad Men era. Like, now I will say the 90s suit where everything was real baggy. That, to me, hopefully that doesn't come back. It's coming back. back. It's coming back. It's coming back. And you know what? You'll love that shit because you know what? Your dick looks big. Your shoulders <laughs> are bigger. You're fucking, and you just have that, you know, you just have that look. And you, again, it's a, it's a power thing. And you're comfortable. Now, as a tailor... I like that because it hides a lot of sins. Those big shoulder pads hmm, sure. hides a lot of sins of people's bumps and, and bruises and, you know, bone structures. And Interesting. They fit. The fit is better. Um, the less alteration is the best alteration in our business. Uh, but comfort, also pandemic. I don't know anybody who has lost weight during the pandemic. And if you have, you just need to eat fucking better. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but again, and we're seeing it. We're probably in about the tenth year of skinny suits, mm -hmm. and it's just moving away. And yeah. again, younger guys. I mean, I don't think we'll see Jenko jeans come back, but uh, we're seeing to loosen up on on denim. Uh, again, I'm getting ready to go to market to buy next fall's clothing, so we stay ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. I'll say, how far Everything how far is that? Like, how far do you think ahead in terms of what society kind of wants? A year, or about a year. year. We're about, about a year of buying. Uh, then we see, uh, I mean, Italy dictates everything, in fact, men's fashion. Interesting. So if the Italians are showing pleated pants and have been for about three years now. Um, so we're starting to, we'll have some pleated pants. Again, they're not the big baggy pleated pants, but they're fuller. The legs are still a little trimmer than they used to be in uh, 1992, uh, you know, but it, it's going to happen. Um, and they will eventually get big again. Everything just goes in a circle yeah. all the way back around. The big new thing. Yeah, new right. thing, double breasted, just got the just got all the prom stuff right because mm -hmm. prom season's coming up. I have three tuxedos that are double breasted. Hmm. Interesting. So, so if you can yeah. if you can kind of stay ahead of the cycle, <laughs> you're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> you well, you have to you have to know your customer. 
Yeah. Yeah. Every student here is not going to be double-breasted, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, right. But we'll touch on it. You know, we'll have a couple uh, nice you know, killer, like a big stripe, big mafia stripe. Yep. Double-breasted. Something like that. Uh, again, where we make suits also, besides rack suits, that's because my, those customers generally are a little ahead of the curve. So they know this is what I want. This is what I want to get. Um, and we have to design the form because it's not available yet. CJ, if you were going to look for a job in West Virginia, what website would you go to? Um, I I've got a guess. Are you going to tell me what website I should go to? If I was looking for a job, CJ, you know what I would do? I would go to beamountaineer.com. That's beamountaineer.com. And at that website, CJ, you're going to find Mountaineer Employment Solutions. Won't you tell our listeners about Mountaineer Employment Solutions? I was going to say beamountaineer.com. That was my answer, Cooper, Boom. to answer your first question. That was going to be my answer. But yeah, there's no doubt. Mountaineer Employment Solutions, if you are looking for a job in the state of West Virginia, that has got to be your first and only stop. It probably will be your only stop if it's your first stop because these guys are the premier talent acquisition and staffing leader in the state of West Virginia. They serve businesses and job seekers across the state and beyond from their offices in Charleston and Morgantown. So if you're looking for a job, they can hook you up. If you are looking, if you're a business and you need some extra employees, they can help you out with staffing as well. So dude, it's a one-stop shop. If you need help or if you're looking for a job, boom, beamountaineer.com. Go to those guys, Cooper. All right. Now, knowing our most of our audience, I would say is like late 20s, early 30s. So and probably we definitely skew men. What would you say if like someone's like wants to invest in they don't want a Joseph A. Bank suit? Maybe they got those when they first got their first sales job mm -hmm. in college. But like now it's time to buy like a real suit, like in your opinion, like budget wise or what is like what level of suit would you kind of recommend? And then well, also like uh, what's the like most in our, lasting in our store? Um, we got everything. We got suits for two ninety nine from Ralph Lauren all the way up to five six thousand dollars from Octagon. But if you're just kind of if you wanted to gradually move up the scale to better quality, better long lasting, something that's going to blow out when you dry clean, um, we carry a brand called Hart Schaffner Marks. Okay, been around since eighteen eighty seven. <laughs> Still made in Chicago. Um, conservative, but not you know boring. Uh, nice suits. Those go anywhere from seven hundred to a thousand dollars off the rack. They fit nice. They look good. Um, they've got real trim suits. They've got fat dude suits. Right? They got everything. Uh, but it's in the very nice quality. They fit, and we sell a ton of them. And especially to that price point range, you know, people start making a little bit of money in their later twenties, early thirties. You want to upgrade? Yep. You look better. You look better. You feel better. Well, they last now, longer, course, too. You buy a cheap suit and it falls apart the next year. Oh, yeah, year. right. There's no fucking bargains, you know. And there's especially the funniest thing is this Indochino shit, custom-made suits on fucking uh, uh, line, all this shit. It's not custom-made unless a tailor actually touches it and puts a tape measure on it. Because the guys, then they bring it to me, right? They pay $400 for this piece of shit suit made by children. They bring it to me, and the sleeve is like six inches too long. They want me to fix it. Well, I'm sorry, I have to reconstruct the sleeve. It's going to be like four hundred dollars, you know. Right. I mean, it never right. It was just crazy. The suit. Yeah. Right, and it's still blowed out. It'll still blow out if it's clean the first time. And uh, so, you know, I could have. We our custom suit started eight hundred dollars, and it's actually a custom made suit. 
Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so t- right. you keep talking about this pl- blown out. What is the best care for a suit? How do you get the longest lasting suit? What do you have to do uh, to only, take care? Only clean it twice a year. Gotcha. Really? Uh, unless you uh, obviously unless you soil it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but say you wear a suit all the time, okay? Mm-hmm. Or, or jackets, and that's what it goes to sport coats, pants. So if you take them off, just don't throw them in the fucking floor. Yeah. Hang them up, brush them off, keep a clothing brush, brush it off. And it will also help prevent moths. Moths do not eat the fabric. It's the larvae from the moths that eat the fabric. Gotcha. So you pick up food particles from sitting in a restaurant, hands on a table. Just you pick up those kind of particles that attracts moths. They lay their larvae on that, and the larvae is what eats the holes in your suits. And it's very damaging and very, very expensive to repair. Uh, There's only one place left in the United States that does reweaving in Chicago. And we use it. And, you know... A one-inch hole, which is about the minimum, is going to cost you three hundred bucks. Damn! Wow! Yeah. People, right? People, are, I didn't pay that much for a sport coat. Well, because of, you know your sport coat was made by children in a rice. <laughs> uh, this way, you know, and it, it, the you know, economics doesn't work. Yeah. So to prevent yeah. that, they but brush them off, hang them up, um, and just take care of. And again, buy good clothes, but because so, dry cleaning and even on good suits, the, the fluids and everything just really breaks down. Uh, right. The, the uh the fabrics gotcha i've got another uh, i got another question about white jack or white shirts i've been to your store a dozen times i, I should have asked you these in person but these white shirts i wear a bunch of white shirts they pop you know on tv and so but I, i'll get like brown rings around the white collar is that from like my neck wash your neck yeah wash yeah. your fucking neck <laughs> but is that what it is i mean seriously it's it's like you need to scrub your neck better right is that what that right. is well no uh it's just from, you know, sweaty yeah sweaty okay. um and i you know i've been in your studio before and the lights kind of get warm sometimes you sweat you know yeah and whatever is in your bloodstream i don't know is getting your uh, <laughs> collar <laughs> right. drug test uh, <laughs> so um Anyway, so how I prevent that, because, again, I get fucking sweaty. I'm a fat dude. I keep um, a bottle of shout in my closet, and I take my shirt off. I spray shout on the collar, gotcha. and it just sits there, and it kind of helps. It helps with that. Okay. Uh, some. But that's just, you know, that's just part of it. Now, uh, we do get some guys who get, like, pit problems in their yeah. armpits, and a lot of that's traced back to aluminum in uh under on deodorant yeah um i've seen some of that i haven't had i haven't seen that but i'm a spray dude you know yeah old school yeah fuck the ozone i'm spraying some stuff fuck the ozone. <laughs> <laughs> actually you know, back in my day we didn't have we didn't we didn't have climate change or global yeah. warming we had uh Aerosol we had ozone right <laughs> yeah. can't Methane. do that cold for the fucking ozone and uh and we had uh, a a a fucking it was going to freeze Right. Yeah. We're going to we're going to have an ice age happening. <laughs> now we're going the other. Well, way. that didn't work out. So now yeah, they tried some other different control. <laughs> so, you know, right. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Let me tell you something about global warming. Taze Valley, right? This was the Great Taze River came through here and formed all of this. Well, it was cold as a motherfucker then. Okay, it was cold. You know what? It's warmer now. So there's been global warming way before. Fucking people drove Chevrolet suburbans, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the trend is up. I mean, is this the way it is? Yeah. It's going to, and then the sun is going to explode. You don't talk about global warming. That's going to fuck us up. Yeah, so, that's the big bang. I mean, you know, 
let's be real about it. The problem you had, do you want pollution? No, we don't want any of that. But you yeah. know what? Until until China and Indian do it, fuck them. Yeah. What's yeah. made you West Virginia? What's made you stay here? Just is just home? Like, have you when you were early in your career? Do you think, man, I could take this store to like bigger cities, or like what made oh, you kind of? If, if just... I had this store in any other city, I would be retired by now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no question. Yeah. And I don't know. I just love this place. As you know, you love it. That's why you're here. Right. You love it. You love the people. The mountains hug you. You know, um, but um, it's frustrating. You know, they're supposed to have built an airport. They, they, wigged, they fucked up twice. Yeah. Back in the 60s, they're supposed to build a jet port between here and Huntington, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't do it. Well, you know, all right, we fucked up. Had another chance in 2000 to build another one. Well, people who had self-interest, and again, a little fiefdoms, people like the little fiefdoms here, um, it would have it made this place amazing, right? Because you have a big airport. And people think all oh, passenger service. No, it's all about freight. And you see logistics is a huge fucking deal. Right. Huge deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Moving goods. Right. Can't move goods here. We can't even get in a fucking ball game. Amazon is looking to build to, they need an, an airport, right? Yeah. They got a 2,000 square foot runway. These planes can't take off. Wow. Interesting. Right. And we couldn't even fucking do it. So they moved to Cincinnati. We're the only place, you know, low airspace. Look, our location is amazing. Yeah, strategically, yeah, yeah, yeah on the East Coast. And, um, but another way, again, going back to the chemical, when they ran the chemical industry out of here, when Dow bought carbide, right, we had a chance to keep the research center here. Now, you got to remember how many people work there. Thousands of very, very, very smart people work. There. Yeah. That's why the education system here was good. That's why you have a really good art scene here. We still have the, just the remnants of When I was a kid, we had an amazing art scene. Wow. You put a bunch of smart people making them back then, they were making hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? And what we needed, an airport to keep them here. Because they know what you got to do? You got to get in and out. Yeah. And they hmm. couldn't do it. And Damn, that's crazy it. they and dropped the mission. ball on that. That's crazy. They of course the they ball. did. Because you know what? These guys, self-interest, you know, they own land around this airport up here. This airport's fucking horrible. It's terrible. You know? Slice on the mountain, yeah. It's an international it's airport, sad. though. And they, oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with I mean, zero anyway, international I'm very, flights <laughs> i'm very well on record of being pro airport here and again i probably won't see if they still need to fucking do it they yeah. need to do it i mean here they're talking about oh we're going to extend this runway where are you going to put all the warehousing you know right. and it's going to collapse just like i is going to collapse the front of the hill collapsed when they try to extend it the last time yeah, we all kind of brushed that by, like the airport, like fell apart. We're all like, "Oh yeah, that's like not a big deal." Like the yeah, airport, they don't like, want to talk, right? It's called as fuck those people who just buried their house. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it literally careened down the right. side of the hill. Right. <laughs> so and so that's what's frustrating. The politics here is frustrating. Then moving, you know, moving forward, it should be a metropolitan area. Charleston yeah. should be Kanawha County, like you know, Louisville and Lexington. You know, but you know, mm. you got ignorant fucks out in the country. My. Uh, I don't want to pay no taxes. Okay, <laughs> cool. But you know what? You're paying out the ash in insurance. And so your insurance rate would go down because you'd have a class A fire department and police department protecting your shit. All you know, right. so it balances out. It's not going to cost you any more money. You can still call it fucking Elk River or Mink Shoals or whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> uh, and I'm not just busting on those people. No. Uh, <laughs> but I am because, a lot of, you know, I don't want to live near black people. Okay, you don't have to. Because you know what? They're not going to move to Clendenin. 
Trust me. <laughs> Trust. And that's what it is. I mean, racism plays into shit like that. And Jay Goldman, when he was mayor, he tried to get it done. And my God, people in Dunbar, again, got to give it their fighters. I mean, Marmette, why do we even have fucking Marmette and a city council, six people in city council, Marmette and a mayor? You know why? Got to give your brother-in-law, who's a doulas fuck, a job. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I mean, literally, that's what is the problem here. You know? Yeah. Charleston should be one city, the whole yeah. thing. And you have 26 counties, which is another fucking crazy. But you, yeah, spread them out through the county. You know, so the, the mayor of Clendenin would be the representative for that area on, on yeah. the city council, like they do in Lexington, Louisville, and other major uh, areas. Or, you know, Charlotte. You know, at one time, Charlotte and Charleston were the same size. That's crazy. So we've heard. Yeah. And Charlotte did, they built, they built a large airport. Yeah. And you're right. You think, you think of Charlotte, you do think of, it's not just like one downtown. You think of it as like a mass, massive area, like a metropolitan mm-hmm. area. And that's but how they but I remember when Charlotte was just small. City. And yeah. I, even in the eighties, it was only, fuck, there was probably only about a quarter million people that lived there in the eighties in the metropolitan area. Everybody went to Charlotte during the recession because everybody was building down there. Hmm. Charlotte was growing. And then of course, when Bank of America, uh, when, uh, National, uh, North Carolina National Bank bought the Bank of America became a banking center. Of course, that just exploded the growth right. uh, of it even more. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember in Charlotte was a town of a quarter million people, which, wow. you know, Canal County has 330,000. So think about that. <laughs> That's, it's on right. <laughs> yeah. And boom, now there's what, what, 1. 1.5, 1. yeah. 1.6 million people there? Yeah. Wow. Metropolitan area there. But because they made good decisions, they didn't, they made decisions that benefit everybody, not just themselves. Is it yeah. too late for Charleston to even turn that or, or is it never uh, too late? Yeah. Never too late. Never too late to it's do the right late. thing. Yeah. Never too late. Interesting. Um, might be too late for me. You know? <laughs> might not see it, but my grandkids might see it. If they want to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but two of my daughters don't live here. You know, one lives in Columbus and one lives in Savannah, Georgia. Who knows? They might come back and save the day. They're doing well. Maybe maybe we can try and uh-huh. have a hand in that too. Maybe we can all save the day here. I think we'll so. You're right. Well, you're right. You run for right. Be vocal and, and try to you know try to do the right thing. Yeah. For everybody. Yeah. That's the problem. People just again fiefdoms. End the fiefdoms. Yeah. Nah, crazy. Cooper, are you looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties right now? I'm not, but I might know somebody who is. CJ, what should they do? Yeah, so look, this is as easy as it gets. You're gonna skip on over to buildingappalachia.com because they are gonna be able to help you out if you're looking to buy or sell in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties. Those guys at Building Appalachia are great. So you just head over to their website and then there's literally a link. I'm looking at it right now. It says we buy houses in West Virginia, we sell houses in West Virginia, and you can click the tab, sell a home, buy a home. Easy as that, easy as that. And then you're gonna get a call from those guys. They're gonna wanna come check the place out. They're gonna give you a cash offer. So man, if you need cash trying to sell a property, dude, they, they'll have it to you. And, and, and these guys at Building Appalachia, just uh, they've got it figured out. Jordan and Jacob, we had them on the podcast. You heard their story. You know their mission of trying to make West Virginia a better place to live and work. No hidden fees, no commissions. Call Building Appalachia at 304-881-8487 or go to buildingappalachia.com. The link is in our bio and all of our social media. Get connected with them to buy, sell, or invest in real estate in Southern West Virginia.
Well, let's let's kind of move from this and and go back to some of the yeah, we've been all over the stuff. Yeah, I <laughs> know we really have. But I wanted to ask you because when your your tailoring has become yeah. very well known and so well known, when Marshall hired their new football coach, they said, "We need a suit. And we're going to have Tony the Tailor put it together." And so Charles right. Huff debuts and the new this, president, which made him a nice coat too. Brad Smith, who we've had on oh, the wow. podcast yeah. here. So Charles Charles Huff walks out in this bright, this new, not bright, but new Kelly Green yeah. suit for the spring football game. And somebody asks him, hey, where'd you get the suit? And he said, uh, guy in Charleston, Tony the Taylor, help me out. And so kind of tell All us right. that story. How in the world did you even get connected with Charles Huff and Brad Smith to, to you know, stitch Well, it's, again, um, I like to think I'm a good tailor. I mean, my, my reputation. And again, I learned from the best. I still try to strive to be as good as my father. My father was a legendary in the industry, legendary. Um, you go back and watch old TV shows like Get Smart and Bewitched and uh, uh, Dick Van Dyke show. At the very end of this is Suits by Botany 500. Okay. My dad was their designer and their tailor. Wow. So that's his work. That's awesome. So I learned from the best. Yeah. Um, so I was, and I again, got forced into it at nine. Right. Uh, and it's paid off. It's been okay. I, the rock star thing didn't work out. So uh, <laughs> we see the remnants of that I behind you. <laughs> and like my dad used to say, when I was 12 years old and bitching about it, he goes, you can always get a job in a dry clean, making money, doing pant bottles. <laughs> right. You yeah. always have, you have a skill, always develop a, a marketable skill. Anyway, so I've just honed it and honed it and just ran with it. And uh, uh, just meeting people, um, they could, you know, you, you cut a suit nice, a jacket, People who you don't know will come up to you. That's a nice looking jacket. Where'd you get it from? All over. I mean, I have customers all over the world. Yeah. And this it's just because of that. Um, been lucky, you know. Been lucky. Sometimes better to be lucky than good. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, but right. uh, but with Marshall, uh, that started um, a few years ago. They needed a coat for uh, Coach Danton, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Wanted a, a green. Oh, There's yeah. a certain green. So I'd have the fabric, you know, I looked around and they didn't want nothing cheap. I'd have a certain fabric made, a certain color, because it's not a stock color. It's just one shade off, um, uh, which has come back to haunt him a lot of times. But, uh, and so I made uh, Coach D'Antoni uh, a green jacket. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, one of the Board of Governors wanted one. So yep. made him one. Gotcha. And um, then, uh, so that's it. And then, you know, you just get plugged into there. Um, and then, um, um, the new president, so Charles, well, then Charles, skip, forgot Charlie. So, time for Charles Huff to come in, right? So, I get sitting down there and uh, meet him. Love Charles Huff. Mm -hmm. He is the most genuine, straightforward person. And I think he's a fantastic football coach. Um, and he wants to do the, again, he wants to do the right thing. Mm hmm. Um, and he doesn't care who makes somebody mad doing the right thing. That's okay. We're going to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and just a genuine person. And his wife is, is awesome. Jessica. She's great. Yep. She, I mean, just, you know, she was a head coach at Tennessee state university. No, I, know. Basketball. I know. Right. She's, she's, she's right. Leadership and inspirational, motivational speaker written all over. Yeah. She is wonderful. And, uh, anyway, so got him hooked up and then I just kind of left it at that, you know, and that was it. And then he, on his own, Tony the Taylor. Of course, he looked great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's awesome. Twitter sure. crazy. 
I mean, I've, I've had my Twitter moments. You know, when I did the uh, WU basketball, uh, we did the shoes, mm-hmm. the Bob Huggins. Thing. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. The Allen Edmonds shoes we had made up. Uh, we sold 1,100 pairs of shoes in two days on the wow. line uh, <laughs> oh my from being on uh, Big Monday basketball. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you have yeah. on the inside of your jackets, do you've got, like, something like a signature thing on the inside oh, yeah. of it? Or? I've got one. Yeah, we can do whatever. We do custom linings, you know, whatever uh, whatever you want to put in there. Along, you know, it's a trademark. Of course, we have to have permission. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, we do a lot of that stuff. Uh, wedding, you know like right now, you know, weddings – Weddings are happening, and um, we've been doing a lot of custom linings. You can put up like five pictures of, and it's cool. It's you know, look, you only get married two or three times your whole life. You might as well look nice. <laughs> Make them count. You know, so right. <laughs> I mean, so uh, we put, you know put a cool lining in, and like you have you know where you all got engaged, yeah. where you proposed to, certain things that mean certain things to you, and uh, that's fun. I mean, we have fun with. It. So but like Marshall, we obviously put the Marshall logo in there. And, uh, yeah. You know, I thought of CJ, if we do a golf tournament, because we, you know, we're one of our goals is to use Mountaineer Media. We want that like a charity golf tournament one day. We definitely need like a West Virginia Masters jacket made by Tony the Taylor. That's pretty, and just like, sure. that. dude, oh, that'd yeah. be pretty sick to put on somebody. They win it every year. It's like a jacket. That'd be awesome. Pretty cool. Actually, that'd that'd be, be pretty we can sweet. do that. Yeah. We can do that. Dude, that'd be we awesome. Talk we talk about should... sponsorship opportunity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot, but, but we're we always could. looking. Put your logo in it. Yep. And we could even put, um, you know, you'd have one made up just like they have the masters, you know, they have mm-hmm. one close to the size, you put it on the guy and right. then you actually make them one. Yeah. Um, Man, see, dude, that's like, no, pro- dude, we could raise enough with our sponsorships. We could definitely pay for that. Like have that. And you could have some picture, like even something cool on the inside, like a you picture might have like a, West you might Virginia. You have a guy making it willing to donate it for, for the publicity. Hey, no, if we hopefully knew- we can find right. that guy. Yeah. You know, it's all about if we can find him or not. So uh, we'll keep right, right. Scott, I don't know where he's at. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah and something like that. But it's become, people want to strive to win that jacket. All right, CJ, you just fired up the grill. You've got some chicken on there. You've got some burgers on there. What are you adding to add some extra flair? Oh, dude, I'm going with Ray's Rub 11 out of 10 times. Ray's Rub is a West Virginia all-purpose seasoning. You can throw it on chicken, steak, burgers, veggies, whatever you want. And they've got 21 mouth-watering herbs and spices. So KFC, get that that secret blend of 11 herbs and spices out of here, dude. 21 herbs and spices packed in this great bottle of Ray's Rub. Cooper, where can people go get Ray's Rub? Two places, CJ. They can go to raiserub.com, get themselves free shipping. They can also go to Amazon and order it and be at your house in two days. It's a West Virginia all-purpose seasoning. It's delicious. We had Brody on the podcast. He's carrying on his father's legacy by promoting Raise Rub. It's great. Give it a try right now. At the end of the day, people just like, I think people appreciate handcrafted, genuine stuff, right? I mean, there's a, our culture of business and material things in life has moved so fast. It's just like, we can get anything we want. But at the end of the day, like I've got this leather binder thing that it's made by this guy in Tennessee and he, he guarantees it for a lifetime. It's the best yeah. thing <laughs> that I put my iPad down in it. And people just, it's just an appreciation of art and like craftsmanship. And I hope well, that, go, you know, it doesn't well, completely going, die going, off. Like Going back to what we were talking about earlier, the mall and the changing landscape, our downtown thriving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Almost every storefront's filled up. People are thriving. What they're filled up with? Craftsmen, yeah. small mm-hmm. business people exactly. who care. Well, yeah. you know what? 
the next generation, your generation, like you just said, you like to, you like to be waited on, you know, mm. you like to have experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, you like craftsmanship. So where do you find that? You don't find that at fucking Aeropostale and fucking them all. Right. right. <laughs> you don't find JC Penney's. You find it at Tony the Taylor. You find it at Buck and Betty over on, uh, yeah. by the Capitol theater. Yep. You find it at Irish trunk, you know, specialty stores are big right now. And, and right. again, not just in Charleston, all over the country. I'm in a buying group of 52 other men's stores like mine around the country. Okay. So we bounce stuff off each other and you know, what works, what's working. Everybody is in this, the about 25 of us who are more my age and more ready, you know, online and, and trying new things all the time and keep moving. We're all in the same, but we're all doing business. Mm-hmm. We're all focused on craftsmanship and service. And are and we're all doing well. Mm, the yeah, ones yeah. who are not doing anything social media wise, or not, or carrying the same old type tired inventory, um, they're not doing that well. Yeah. So, yeah, but it comes sense. down in in location where they're at downtowns. Yeah. Or in you know, fake downtowns, you know, uh, these things like Easton Mall. It's a fake downtown. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, so that, that, but that type of uh, situation, none of them are in enclosed malls. Yeah. Yeah. No offense to Schwabie May, but I, I've never heard of Schwabie May. So I, but I know Tony. Oh, well, the they were, hey, look, they were a legendary store. They were <laughs> open like 110 years before they closed. Yeah. Um, and wow. they closed, God, around the turn of the century. Right? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That's unfortunate. So yeah. let me they were great. They were, right. they were a nice store. They were one, one of the best stores in literally an in, in international reputation. They were, hmm. uh, yeah. Good. And I remember, uh, Albert, who was the last owner, and again, it's like a three-generation store. His dad, he's talking his dad told him, because every time you drive through South Charleston, you should stop and, and thank Jesus. And they were Jewish, right? You should thank <laughs> Jesus for these chemical plants here, because without that, we wouldn't have shit. Nobody would have anything. <laughs> Jesus right. and the chemical plants. That's that's like a book. <laughs> I wake up, yeah. No, Father. It was, it was, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so when you when you see a place like Elk City, which seems to be mm-hmm. slowly growing over the last five years, I mean, well, Elk I'm City old. So it's, the it's, water. it's the West Side. It is. It's, it's the West City. Side. It is. It's they, never been known as Elk City. It's known yeah. for Elk City like for ten minutes in nineteen twenty. Yeah. So, so do I, do I don't buy into that. It's, it's the West Side. What do you think about <laughs> just the progression of, of of what we're seeing over here? I mean, they've got a distillery I think down it's there good. now, a couple of restaurants. I think it's, it's good. Like, it needs to be expanded more. Yeah. Again. They try to rebrand because they want white women in South Hills to feel safe to come down there to, to eat. That, right. I mean, that that's reality. And that's what, you know, I'm not into that. They get safe everywhere for everybody, yeah. to, everybody to come and feel safe. Yeah. You know, um, again, you have like them two brothers are at five corners. They yep. survived. Oh you yeah. What? Great food. Yeah. Uh, great. Writings. Yeah. So people, right. Right. So people come over there. So yeah. we need to invest a little more in the entire West side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's good, but you know, to try to rebrand and all that, of course, I've been famous on Facebook for, uh, busting people's balls about that, but that's okay. How much is all in fun? You know, I want them to do way. well, yeah, but, you exactly. know, but get off the Elk City bullshit. <laughs> There's totally. no such thing as Elk City. Yeah. How much has never like... been known. It's not like Canal City. It's been Canal right. City forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't, yeah. You know, 
how much does um you know i think of like with if if you you know the city leaders or council or economic groups they see small businesses are you guys like do you have like anybody from the city or commissions or economic like do they ask you all your opinions like a business that's been around for decades like do you do you feel like this they're ignoring that this type administration of? does yes okay. yes the previous one danny jones is a piece of shit. uh can i say that yeah uh, uh, eating his terrible. restaurant though awful <laughs> Fuck no. That said, when he had a shit in nitro and Danny was okay, uh, his ribs were good. But I would never give him a dime. Because he was a terrible mayor. Um, it was just, it was awful. Okay. I mean, um, no communication, didn't care, yeah. and lied about shit. You know? But now, now it's a little bit different, you think? Way different. First yeah. thing, how can we help? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you need us to do? Yeah. It's continuous communication. continuous yeah well i think Um, part which is refreshing yeah you definitely have some influence in the community talk to tell us the story about when the pandemic hit that first summer summer of 2020 you guys had set up a little uh, a program a little business to where people were throwing just dimes and and uh, dollars uh, better together cwv yeah foundation so uh jennifer farr council councilwoman farr Mm -hmm. um, who i think should be our next mayor after this one um is done with her terms. Um, if I can talk her into running. Yeah. She's going to kill me. <laughs> when is Tony Perenzino going to run from there? And Bernie Lane. Um, yeah. You can't run for political office, and he'll let Till tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 they probably the same reason I can. Uh, but uh, um, two dear friends of mine. So, you know, well, I have to work. I have to go to work. And so we were shut down. What are we going to do? How are we going to help people? Um, I don't know. I was always, my parents are always, how can we help people? You know, how can we help people? Cause we had help. How can we help people and pay back? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sat around, how are we, how are we going to do this? And we just we really, it just came together. So we need to help service industry workers. who are yep. taking the brunt of this yep. restaurants, hotels. Um, how are we going to help? And, uh, we just started dialing around and, um, some people gave some big money. I mean, we started a foundation. We had a founder. Jennifer has a foundation called 10 and 10, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, and you need to get her on here. Today. Yeah. Talk about 10 and Obviously. 10 too. So, so 10 and 10 uh, was started. I don't know much about it in terms of their mission. Their first mission was they wanted 10,000 people to live in Charleston, an additional 10,000 in 10 years. That's their mission focus. <clears throat> From that, we were able to use their uh, 5013C status um and um because it takes forever to get a foundation going mm-hmm. like that we were hooking on and better together is, is part of that 10 and 10. um so i mean bernie and i wrote a check we got it going we called our contacts people were amazing um my daughter Leighton hooked us up with um, um tito's vodka they have a foundation they gave us a big amount of money matched us um, um, and people just turned out and we raised close to $200,000. Wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, like quick. Yeah. And so we set it up to where we again had to hand the money back out Oh yeah. and how were we going to do it? So literally Tony, the Taylor became the offices better together. <laughs> here we, had, we had no filing. We had, I mean, we just kind of shoot, we fucking bootstrapped it. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. we needed a website. Um, 
called a couple people. People like, well, you know, it's going to be today. Harry Bell um, and Carrie Barger with ADHD Media. I don't know if you know them, but they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. What do you need? We had a site up and running in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Wow. Yep. No charge. Yeah. yeah. They, that was their donation. We'll run the website. Fantastic. So we raised money. Um, restaurants got involved. Uh, people got involved. We had tip jars everywhere. Yep. Um, and it was just, it was, it was crazy. So we had to have criteria then and vet people, right? So we wanted easy vetting. So basically what it was, if you had a job in a service industry and you filed for unemployment, you just show us where you filed yep. and literally, and you submitted it through the online thing. And that was something, you know, getting people, because we haven't got an appointment yet. We don't need that. We just need to show where you filed, just yeah. the application. And um, so we were giving you $300 a month towards your rent, which we got a match from, I can't remember the name right now, but there's a, already a, a, a group here that does that on a regular basis. Hmm. They match 300. So you get up $600 towards your rent. Damn. Uh, we give you $300 toward a utility or $300 in food. Yeah. And uh, my other daughter who worked for Kroger at the time hooked that up. So we had a direct thing and they gave us, and they, Kroger's wow. were great in giving us wow. uh, discounts on the cards because we had to purchase the cards, but they gave us big discounts on the cards. And you, so you get up to six um, $50 food cards. Mm -hmm. um, and you had to choose one. And uh, we doled it all out. Um, so it, it was, you know, again, people try to be slick. Oh, for sure. They sent us sure. their electric bill for $1,400 <laughs> that they hadn't paid in four months. You know, we're like, pre pandemic. No, we yeah. Need, right. We just want, we're paying you this past month, yeah. not your rearage because you were on crack. Yeah. Uh, people <laughs> try to submit the same unemployment thing continually under different names. Yeah. Of course, you can see the picture Ryan Wright is saying. Yeah, can't scam a scammer. That's it right there. That's great. That's <laughs> great. Like, what are y'all doing? You know, call them out or whatever. But it was, it was, um, it was great. And Jennifer has a background in real estate, so she handled the rental thing and, and all of that. Uh, Bernie handled um, the utility side of it, and I did the food. Because uh, I'm the fat guy, right? And, uh, <laughs> so it, it was it was heartbreaking. It was very heartbreaking because we would need them at different different. We'd set it up, you know, okay, and I would you know I'll be there for Friday from this certain time, this time to hand them out from one part of the valley to the other. We kind of focused on Kanawha County, and the gratefulness and these people just they're crying and so there's no safety net for a lot of these people. And these people are making $80,000 a year. Right. You know, the, the fallacy of waiters and waitresses and bartenders making minimum wage is just that, a fallacy. They're not making two thirty-five an hour. They're making $80,000 a year. The two thirty-five is just throwaway shit, mm -hmm. right? Because they would work on tips. You know what they are? Yeah. Commission salespeople. Yeah, if you're right. good, <laughs> right. If you That's suck, exactly right. get out, find something yeah. else or get better. Yeah. One. So, uh, wow. It, it, then there's so there's nothing for people making eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, you no, know you're right. Exactly, you're exactly there's right. nothing. Yeah, because like you make too much. And lose your shit. Right. Yeah, you right. make but too much money. The, the, the yeah, stimulus yeah. went too out much the door. Money. And, yeah. Right. Wow. There's no safety net for that. Yeah. If you're making wow. you know twenty thousand a year. You still got some safety net. Yeah. 
but yeah, so there's that. And then a lot of them, and even some two income, you know, they're both in the service industry, making six figures, living great. And all of a sudden, nothing, both are no income at all. So that is, um, that was a wake up call. And again, something we need to work on, on that. Um, as, as, as a society figuring out what happens. Well, it was great work that you guys did. Man, that's impressive. Thank you. Tony. Yeah, that's very, very um, impressive. It was uh, it just something you do. Uh, you know, none of us did it to, for accolades. We did it Mm-mm. because we, we generally love people and help yeah. people and, yeah. and give back to our community. We take from our community. We should You should give back. Yeah. Well, that was right and, at the uh, heart of everything, too. I mean, there were people, you know, there weren't many people. There were more people looking for help than there were people helping. So you being on that one and, side and, was... Uh, uh, it, it was, gracious. it was, um, it was interesting to say the least. And it was one of my prouder accomplishments I've done, yeah. uh, but I could have done it by myself. I mean, oh. I, I, you know, my partners were fantastic in it and still are, and we still have, we still have some money and we have helped um, other restaurants even because again, the pandemic's still going on and some are struggling and we've, you know, helped uh, do some bridge financing uh, with a couple of restaurants who, uh, when they were handing out grants, but you needed certain qualifications to get that grant. So we would do right. a little bridge loan for them um, until they could get up to code. So the city was, when they said he was handing out grants, and then they would pay us back um, that way. So, yeah, we, we still are doing some stuff like that with service industry. Again, a lot of this, the federal government's money has come through for a lot of them, and a lot of them are doing business and have figured it out. Yeah. And again, some of them didn't survive. And some of the ones that didn't survive probably didn't survive. They wouldn't have survived if even there wasn't a pandemic. Yeah. They're just kind of exposed um, the businesses to. Sure. But well, damn it, that's that's incredible, man. You should be, yeah, you should be extremely proud, man. That is, uh, I did not know that full sport. CJ told me a little bit about it, but that's incredible, man. You should be, that's, uh, I mean, look, it's uh, in the day you just stepped up and did what it felt like we had to do. And that's kind of representative, I think, uh, of what's so people. Up. So, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I, I'm a, I want to run to the five. I'm one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, how can we help? Yeah. Do we need to get out of the way? I mean, you know, yeah. sometimes you can help by getting the fuck out of the way, too. I mean, <laughs> which is true. Or you can help to a point and then you get out of the way and hand it off to somebody who can. Sure. Yeah. Um, but that's just, I don't know. It's just, it was ingrained in me by my parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're some of the most giving people uh, I've ever met. Yeah. Well, Tanya, you're a, you're a great story, man. You are a beloved member of the community, and that's why we wanted to get you on. On top of it's been all fun. of the other crazy stuff. Is this too, over so. now? <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. We're yeah, there, we'll yeah. have fun here. So we'll. That was fun. Yeah. 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 I'm not even sure what we talked about in this episode, but uh, it was my favorite. Anyway. I can't wait to see all edited. I can't wait to see the editing. <laughs> no, no, no editing. Very little editing. Oh, oh, even one, better. So we'll, we'll, yeah, even we'll better. let this one ride. I think so. Anyway, wow. Tony, man, thank you, you very much. Pussy hair, wow! <laughs> <All right. laughs> and we'll cut it there. So, <laughs> thank, thank you for having me, and I love what you all are doing. I love thank to you, see man. young guys, you know, entrepreneurship, take it to the next level. Everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. 
And thank you again to Tony Paranzino for jumping on with us and talking about everything from menswear and ties and cleaning your neck. Yes, I promise I take showers, okay? I don't know why everybody thought that was funny that I asked that. I get, you know, I, I wear these white shirts a lot and every now and then I just notice that they, you know, I, they get stuff on them. That's plain and simple. Tony, thanks for giving me a little bit of advice. I clearly needed it. Anyway, thank you again for jumping on with us and everybody else that's listening. Thank you for sticking with us. Tony was a great interview, and like we said at the beginning, <laughs> it was a little different. We definitely threw out uh, some language that we don't normally throw around here on the podcast, but hey man, like we said, when we give a microphone to somebody, we want them to be unapologetically themselves. We want these guests to be authentic. That is truly how we get to the core of having these conversations, because if you come on here and you don't feel like you're being yourself, then you're not, and we're not going to get the most out of you. We don't feel like we get the most out of our guest when they try and pretend to be something that they're not. Tony, perfect example of somebody that came on here and absolutely crushed 45 minutes of an interview by being just himself. So again, Tony, thanks. And for everybody listening, hopefully you can understand that, hey, we get it. And at the end of the day, we want people to be themselves. And that is how we are going to help move this state forward by people being themselves, showing their true colors and voicing their true opinions on matters. And that's what we did. So anyway, guys, thank you again. We love this episode. We're going to be back here soon. So make sure to stick with us. We're on all social media platforms. And hey, if you have a guest recommendation, make sure to hit us up on any of those platforms or shoot us an email, mountaineermediapodcast at gmail.com. We read them all. We love hearing your all's feedback. So thank you again for listening, and we'll be back again soon. Peace.